sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here this morning. In where it's warm. Most of all, in the house of God, where we can worship God, we can sing, we can... uh, we can uh, be thankful for what he's done for us. <clears throat> I feel like I kind of got some frogs to deal with this morning, so you're going to have to excuse me. <clears throat> well, why don't we have a word of prayer before we get started? <clears throat> Dear Lord, we come to you this morning. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father, for your many blessings to us. Thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for that gift that we heard about this morning already. And pray, Lord, that you would help each one of us not to take that for granted. Pray that you would help each one of us to receive that. It is a gift that is not forced upon us. It is a gift that is freely received. Lord, I pray that you would help us to never let the value of that gift grow dim in our eyes. But that you would restore the joy of our salvation In our hearts, Lord, we do need that joy to be restored every so often, Lord. And I pray that we would focus and uh, sometimes look at that great gift that was given to us and just let our hearts uh, well up in joy and thanksgiving for the price that was paid on that cross for us. Pray that you would help us to uh, be vigilant about our Christian life and that you you would be with us today, help us to... Love you with all our soul, mind, and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, or the last yesterday, or whenever I was asked to preach on this day, most of the time you kind of wonder, what should I preach about? Well, this time is a little different. This time is, should I preach about this or not? This is kind of a unique day. It's Christmas. And then if you decide, well, that'd be a good topic to talk about, you have to begin to wonder, well, I've got the second message. So the first message would probably be just what I want to talk about. So it's good you were first, Kendrick. Now we don't have to worry about that. But I decided to talk about the day that we are in today. In a little bit, some of the challenges we face and some of what the uh, Christian uh, Christmas may mean to Christians. And uh, so, yeah, I will be talking about <clears throat> this day and how it applies to us. And hopefully we can learn some things and be aware of what may be really going on or what started when that child was born. There is something that started that day that is still in a major battle. And it affects every one of us, especially Christians, but it affects everyone. 
Why don't we turn to Luke chapter 2, and I will read the passage, verse 1 through 14. Luke chapter 2. This is a very familiar verse. I mean, very familiar passage here. Let's read it and kind of think about what it says. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made by Cyrenius, which was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house, he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I think I'll stop reading there and we'll just contemplate a little bit what happened here. But before we do that, if you think about it, this holiday is probably one of the only holidays that most that has brought the most singing in groups and to people. You go into almost every store or any store, you could say, and they are singing Silent Night, Holy Night, even sometimes the wretches of wretches on this day will sing Silent Night, Holy Night. Why is that? What is that? What makes people do that? You know, there's many many contradictions on whether this was the day or not that Jesus was actually born. That is not the point. The point is that at one day, Christ, God himself, came down into human flesh. He put on skin and he came here to bring us peace and joy. That is something that the entire world is looking for. Every human being, he's looking for peace and joy and joy, and there it was. And I think it's still something that everyone is looking for. Therefore, it's a little different than many other holidays. It makes people think of what was brought into this world a long time ago. It was the plan 
a very plan that God himself was putting together. That's different than really happened anywhere else or any other time. It is God's plan of redemption that started. Now, like I like was said earlier, or um, it is it was a gift that God gave to humanity, but nobody has to take it. You just get to take it or you will take it. But there's still something within every human being that looks back to that precious little beginning and it brings a softening of someone's heart. It's a, it's a, it's a drawing. This day, like was said earlier, means of a lot of givings and, and gifts and, and joy and happiness. It's what everybody's looking for. It's a, song, it's a day where people that don't really like to sing sometimes try a little bit. It's meant to be a joyful time. What Jesus is supposed to mean to this world is joy, good tidings, peace with God, goodwill towards men. And a relationship instead of fear and separation. That is what was kind of before this precious baby came. Here's a quote or kind of some thoughts that I came across when I was reading. And it says, in our text, we have before us the sermon of the first evangelist under the gospel dispensation. The preacher was an angel. It was meant, it was, it was meat, and it was meant, or meat, it should be so, I'm not quite sure. The preacher was an angel. For the grandest and last of all messages will be proclaimed by an angel. When he shall sound the trumpet at the resurrection and the children of the regeneration shall rise in fullness of their joy, the keynote of this angel or this preacher or this evangelist was joy. He said there, I bring you good tidings. That was the first thing he said. He said, I, um, and the angel said, fear not. He wanted to bring peace to the world. That was when Jesus was born, the angel came forth and the first message was fear not. And that is one of our greatest enemies is when we begin to fear. That's what he said first, fear not. Then he said, uh, let me see. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. That is what God wanted to bring to his people. He wanted to cast out fear and he wanted to replace it with joy. He said, good tidings I bring. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Nature. Or our natural tendencies, we kind of shrink away from the presence of God. The shepherds, they were sore afraid. The law itself severed to deepen the natural feelings of dismay, seeing men were sinful. And the law came into the world to reveal sin. Its tendencies was to make men fear and tremble under any and every divine revelation. The Jews unanimously believed that if any man beheld supernatural appearances... He would be sure to die. So that was the natural feeling, is fear. But God came 
to replace that. His message was to bring peace and fear not and joy. The joy which this first gospel preacher spoke was no, was for everyone. I bring you good tidings. That alone was joy. Not good tidings of joy only, but good tidings of great joy. Every word is emphatic, as if to show that the gospel is above all things intended to promote. It's most abundantly, abundantly created the greatest possible joy in the human heart wherever it is received. But that is something we got to do. We got to receive it. <clears throat> Another thing I have to think about. When that little baby was born in a little wooden manger, there was something that started that has not stopped today yet, and that is a war. If you think about it, Jesus came, and as soon as he was born, there was a, there was a Herod that wanted to kill him. There was a devil that wanted to snuff out his life, and the war was on. If you think about how this little baby, this pure uh, sense of joy, this way that human life could experience peace, the way that humanity could have good tidings, somebody wanted to snuff that life out. There was light versus darkness. That little baby wanted to bring light instead of darkness. Joy instead of sorrow. Peace instead of fear. Coming instead of running away. Loving instead of hating. And that is still a battle today. I had to think. Actually, let's turn to First uh, John chapter 1. I would like to read this chapter. And then... Uh, Think about how this applies to our life. First John chapter 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen, and have and her declare we unto you that we also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son Jesus Christ, with his Son Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Then this is the this then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie. And do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Christ Jesus, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. The point, uh, the verse I'd like to look at is, um, 
I was looking for the verse with light in it that we may be full. If we walk in the light, uh, just one verse be ahead of this that I. Oh yeah, then this is the message we have heard. We declare unto you, God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. God wanted to bring light to this world, and the devil wants to outen it. That is the two things, the war that is going on in our day to day. As soon as that baby baby was born, the devil wanted to outen it, and it looked as as Jesus went through life when he was when he was crucified. It looked like the devil won. But God, I believe, allowed that to happen to maybe make it look like it. And there's no greater power to maybe be in that state and then overcome death and overcome the last lid that the devil was trying to put on that. Jesus overcame that and he will never be able to do that again. That light is shining forever. He will no longer be able to outlet it. Because Jesus conquered death. He overpowered it. Now if you think about this. When we have a little baby. There is a new little baby born. There is something so precious about a little child. There is something so pure. Something so innocent. And there's just a radiant that comes from a newborn little child. But do you know what? From day one there is something that is trying to darken that human being. And it's the devil. As they grow. And as life happens. There's mistakes made. The conscience becomes clouded. And the eyes begin to darken. And and the light begins to go out. But God made a way. Through that newborn little child. And then you think again. At the new birth of somebody. When somebody becomes born again. And their burden is rolled off their back. Their sins are washed away. There again is an exuberance light coming from their face. You can just see it. Their, their eyes are shining. There's a glow on their face. They're happy. But you know what? That day forward, there's a battle. There's somebody who wants to out in that light. Because, do you know why? He knows that there is not any more power that is given or... Maybe I should say it this way. There's nothing more powerful than light. When light enters a room, all the darkness has to go away. When light enters the room of somebody's heart, all the darkness has to flee. Light is way more powerful than darkness. And there's a constant battle. If you think of um, the story in Pilgrim's Progress, when he got to this man, I forget exactly where it was, but there was this man that was trying desperately to out in this, this, this flame. And he had a big, he had a big, I don't know, it seemed on the story he had a big wind-blowing machine of some sort. And the harder he would blow, but that light never went out. And then the guy that was showing Christian said he'd come across the wall, come around the wall. And there, there was this, this, I think it was supposed to be Jesus, was dumping a bunch of oil into a little pipe that went underneath the wall. And that light was just burning. And the harder that that man tried to out in that light... The stronger it grew, it just, Jesus just kept right on pouring that oil into that light. There's nothing more powerful than loving when we're hated. There's nothing more powerful than being happy and joyful when sorrow is all around us. There's nothing more powerful 
than having a light on our face, a word on our testimony, when everything else is doom and gloom. There's nothing more powerful than that. There's nothing more powerful than somebody that has peace in the midst of turmoil. When Jesus was laying on that boat, sleeping, completely peaceful, those those sailors came and they thought, what are you thinking? You're sleeping in the middle of this storm. And he got up. He has totally at peace. And he said, peace be still. There's not. And then they were almost, they were all of a sudden like, well, who is this guy? Well, they should have thought if he can sleep in the middle of a storm, he must be somebody different. He got up, said, peace be spilled. And there's nothing more powerful. And all of a sudden they became afraid because it showed them up. It showed how they were like, they didn't have faith. He will not force us to keep our light on. How am I doing or how is my light? It's a good question to ask. There is no storm that can out in this light. There is no sorrow that can take away that joy. There is no fear that can overwhelm that peace. And there is no hating that can replace the love coming from a person that has his light on bright. And I think the best way to, to uh, where I was challenged or am being challenged is when we begin to recognize where the battle is. That battle, I believe, started the day that child was born. Or you could, I'm going to use that as an illustration at least. The day that child was born, that light to the world, there was someone out there to try to out that light. And if you have taken that light into our heart, there is someone out there to out me. How is it? Am I letting the darkness out in my light? Am I letting the sorrow that I may be in out in it? And it can go from one thing to the next. You, you think about this. There is nothing more powerful in this world to see a husband loving his wife. And that is in the enemy's line of sight. Marriages are falling apart all over the place. There is nothing more powerful. There is something that speaks without you having to say a word when you can tell a husband loves his wife and a wife respects her husband. But there's someone out there that wants to out in that light. And he's getting it done with a lot of people. And our world is falling into a turmoilous, just You know, David, when he was praying, he said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Because I believe he knew the power that is in that joy that God preached that first message. I bring you good tidings. I want to replace the fear. But those those poor um, shepherds, they were sore afraid. But he wanted to replace that with his undying joy that nothing or no one can take away. You know, there's nothing more powerful when a young person has a clear countenance and can say, I'm right with God. The devil is trying to out in that. There's nothing more powerful than when children, the Bible talks a lot about children obeying their parents. There's something that speaks when children obey their parents. 
there's something that speaks, but we have somebody that is trying to out that. And I'm sure there's many examples of, uh, there's been some songs written when, and uh, I'm just kind of pulling this out of my foggy memory, of uh, people that were at peace when they were maybe in chains or in slavery or... Uh, you know, they were being, they were on a ship and, 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 and they asked, how do, where does this peace come from? And God was able to speak through that. <clears throat> the Bible says in Matthew 5, verse 16, it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And what happens when they see that? I'm going to say, well, the verse says, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That is what that light does. When we allow that light to shine, it makes people glorify God in heaven. There's sometimes you can fabricate something, and then a lot of times they, glorify, they want to glorify you. But when that true light is shining, there is a reverence, and there's just, I don't know how to explain it, other than I think you probably understand. There's something miraculous about it. The power of a clear conscience, it all has to do with that war that started on, you could say, this day a long time ago. Herod was determined to kill that baby. And the devil was using him to try to out that light. And still today, we have an enemy that is out to kill that light in us. Especially those that have committed their lives to, to Jesus and, and are Christians, born-again believers. How is my light doing? How am I doing? Are, is, is it shining? Or is it growing foggy? I don't know. It's a challenge for me. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. If we let our light shine before men, they will glorify God in heaven. <clears throat> there is power, or no, I, actually this question I ask myself, is this power working in me? Is there victory in my life? There's no darkness that can snuff this light out. Persecution has tried it. They have tried to snuff out the life by persecution, and it usually always grows brighter. There's no turmoil that we can go through that is greater than the peace that he gives to us. There's no temptation that we will go through that is greater than this light's strength. There's no sorrow that we will go through that is greater than his joy. And there's no hate that we can experience greater than his love. And there's no evil that we can face that is stronger than his safe place. And we can find encouragement in that. When we are able to look at the rock Christ Jesus and find our um, strength there. Now, let's say our light begins to grow dim. How do we, how do we change batteries? 
Or how do we crank that crank to make it crank a little brighter? Well, I believe in 1 John 7. I mean, yeah, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 is one of the answers. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and we have fellowship with him. How is my fellowship doing with God? How's my fellowship doing with one another? And uh, are my batteries growing cold? Are they getting dim? Is the war overtaking me? There is so much power in the name of Jesus and there's so much power in the fellowship with him. Or we can say, I have communed with him. I feel his presence. And when somebody comes away from even a short time of that, their face is aglow. You can just tell it. Just like when Moses came down from the mountain, he had fellowship with God and his face was literally glowing, I guess. And uh, sometimes when there are courtships, people's face begin to glow. Isn't that amazing how that works? They are walking in each other's light, maybe. And that's how it should be with, uh, with us and, and God. You can tell when somebody's in a relationship like that. They, they love to be with each other. They're happy when they're with each other. They, they, they can't think of anything, anything else other than each other, it seems like for a time, and uh, you can just tell it. They're, they're just beaming. Isn't that how God wants it to be with us? That we just beam and, and emanate the, 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 the character of God. That is the only way we can be the salt and the light to this world that God wants us to be. That's how it, how it is. There's something appealing for that. There's something that is, makes people thirsty. And I want that relationship too, whatever the cost may be. The first message that was preached when, after the, new, the gospel dispensation was, Fear not. Be not afraid. I bring you good tidings. Can that be our message to the world? Can that message be coming out of our eyes? Fear not. We have good tidings for you. We have, it's more than just a precious baby. It's good tidings. It is a plan of salvation. And we want every word to be emphatic coming from our lives that matches that message of good tidings. That is what happened on, at Christ's birth. He made a way for us so we don't have to be scared like those, uh, like those shepherds were. <clears throat> I think that is the challenge that I want to leave with us today. And I think it does us good to think about that war that is still raging. It might help us to be on our guard a little bit. The main thing the devil wants to do to Christians is out in their light. You can't see him. 
In this dark world, you couldn't see him. If he can get that, he is gaining the victory. But on the other hand, even if we feel like we're dimming, that shouldn't discourage us because the Bible says that God will blow on that little flame and he will do everything he can to make that burn bright. It's very important that we are our light shining to God. And there's no more secure place than to be on the winning side of that battle. Even though it may be hard, but just think about it. There is no darkness that can, is, is greater than this, light, than this light. There is no darkness that can overtake this light. There is no turmoil that can, is greater than the peace that he has for us. And there's no sorrow, even though we can be sad, you could say, but there's no sorrow that can just overwhelm the joy that is unspeakable for us. And we may feel hated sometimes, but there is no hate that can overtake the love that he wants to give to us so we can show the world that. And there's no evil that is greater than his safe place. So let's remember that this week and what this day is really about. It is a plan that God unfolded and is still working out for us. Let's not be overtaken. Let's allow that flame, that light. I think you know what I mean when you, when you look at a precious little baby. So innocent, so pure, you could say, just a beaming little baby. Think about it. That's how, you know, at our new birth, that, that's, how, that's how God wants us to continue. And he has made a way for that. If we walk in the light, we have fellowship with him. So may God bless those few thoughts this morning and challenges. I hope it's a challenge to us. And I hope each one of us understands that no one is exempt from that aim of the enemy. Especially if we have committed to Christ. We are in his aim. And all he wants to do is out in our life. All he wants to do is out in our life. Because he knows there's power in that life. So let's not let him do it. Let's, let's have fellowship one with another and with God and 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 so that 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 birth of that child does not return void in our life. That would be so devastating if that birth and the death of that child would return void in our life. Because he is more power, he is well able. So uh, may the Lord add his blessing to those few thoughts. <clears throat>